Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 102 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have uh, three-time guest uh, returning, Mike Cross, back. Um, what number, original number was it, 23? 23. And then we tried to make it the other Jordan number, which was 45. No, I, I think, think we, we went up to, I think we went up to 53. Was it? Yeah, we tried for 45, and we went 54. to 53. It was pretty close. You were in the 50s, it, yeah. which seems weird at 102. That, fi- that was almost a year ago then. Yeah. It probably was a year ago, last fall. This yeah. is the, cr- well, the thing is, like when I get people on that are, there's certain people I've had on, and when I think about this, that we're already hitting year, like the end of year two, that some of these people that came on in the early years were like a year and a half, year and three, whatever, three, nine months, whatever, ago, three quarter of a year. So you come back on. So basically, um, again, as guests come on, we just start to, we, as we just said, roll. We just roll with we're it. We're just going to freestyle this one. Freestyle. That was the term. We're so, just going to freestyle. Um, so catching back up, where, where are we at right now? Today is uh, Veterans Day. I typically... Last year, I had um, George Brendler on. He was a veteran, and I tried to do I tried to do stuff with veterans on Veterans Day. But again, I was very poor at planning. And then you actually worked out perfect today. And if I can't get a veteran on the podcast, a true American like you, I, I, well, I, well, true American, but good enough. Well, let's talk. Do do you, well, I mean, okay. in honor of Veterans Day today, we've got Ralphie's birthdays today, which I did. 64 years on God's green earth. So, so, so actually, what, what I said was, uh, I texted Chris this morning. I said, does your dad like sweets? And by my head, I'm like, probably doesn't. But is there like a weird thing I can get him, like a cupcake or I don't know, whatever. And he goes, no, he likes beer and wings. I'm like, fair enough, Sammy Adams. So I, uh, I dropped it off and I go, Ralph, I left something. He doesn't know what I left him. I said, I left something for you on the back, uh, back steps. And the, the chances that I was up in his area, his neck of the woods That's on his for birthday. for showing though, right? For showing, for yeah, work. Yeah. And um, I, as much as I'd love to go up there and visit, it's a little hike, you know, day to day. So I, for me, it's tough to get up there, but I'm like, I have to go there. I think it would just be, it wouldn't be a good thing if I just didn't take the, the quick trip. And to be honest, I went to three places to find Sam Adams. So I, I don't know if he's bought all the Sam Adams in around ten, a 10 mile radius of his house, but... They were a lot sold out. There was a winter locker. I didn't want to mess with the winter locker because I'm not a big fan of the winter locker. Oh, he likes them all. Really? Okay. He so likes that would, them all. So I could have been fine at this first stop, but I'm, like, I'm just going to get the true Boston. Um, but you got Veterans Day. We have his birthday. You're here. This is like a culmination of like, I'm just like, it's a yeah, cross. It's working, right? It's, like, it's almost like it's like the November cross of Palooza. It's working. Yeah. By the probably. way, his lawn looks pretty good right now. Fair. For this time of the year? Fair. I mean, it's we had a little bit of rain last. Well, you can see, Mom's been out there. She's been uh, breaking they, up. Did all they the, clear stuff out by the by the? Yeah, they've cleared cabin? out a bunch of stuff. Because that that's like they yeah. used to be like they had a, like, hostas and stuff kind yep. of grown up, and there's nothing there. Well, anymore. no, they just cut them down for the winter. Oh, so they will bloom. Yeah, back so up. she goes up, she cuts them down. He goes in with the tractor. I've never been there this late. She in the does all there. the work. He just drives the tractor. Nice, nice uh, Kubota. No, he's got a John Deere. What was the orange one? He had a side by side. Well, that's that's the that's Ralph Snowbuster. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's the big one he got that's last year. That's a snowbuster. That's just strictly for plowing the driveway. See, he can't 
as he says, rely on me. Because he never knows where I am. He, You're working all the time. If your mother and I get snowed in up here, how are we going to get out? I said, well, Dad, you know, call somebody to come plow the driveway. No, we're going to go out and buy a $20,000 machine with a plow on it. And Ralphie's resourceful, though. He is. He He's is. one of those guys. Like, if I had, to, if I knew Doomsday but, was coming, I'm going to his house and just hanging. But last year was great, though, because so he bought this thing last year, and Chris and I were talking last year, and like, what do you get your mom and dad for Christmas, right? Yeah, because they have everything. So Ralph bought this thing last year, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, Chris, it's got a hookup for a radio in it and stuff like that. Maybe we buy that for him. You know what I mean? So we bought that, and then we. Uh, Ralph upgraded the lights on it so he can see what the hell's going on. And now he's got this machine and it's like, I talked to him. I'm like, you know, dad, we could probably put an automatic car starter on that thing if we wanted to. I mean, it's got it's air tri- conditioned it's, heat. It's tricked out. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. It was impressive. And it was just sitting there in the yard. I'm like, I, I didn't go like, I didn't go observe it too much, but I was looking from a distance and it looked nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice machine. So that, nice that's machine. The, I didn't, definitely, I don't think I saw definitely, a picture of it. Definitely will push some snow. Um, you know, I, I, I pulled the thing up is he's there. Pushing he, uphill he'll too. probably, he'll probably kill me if I, if he knows I said this, but he'll, you know, we got to get him to listen to one of these shows, but I don't he, know. I, I don't think he would. Yeah. I, I don't think he's got the tolerance to just sit there. Ah, you know, I got stuff to do. Um, <laughs> I went up there last winter during a snowstorm and, uh, I pull in and my girlfriend was with me. We pull in the driveway and stuff like that. And he's got the driveway and he's out and he's tooling around back and forth, back and forth. So, uh. He pulls up and he parks the machine afterwards and he doesn't get out. And Christy gets out and she goes in with my mom and they open up a bottle of wine and stuff like that. And uh, he's sitting there and he's waving to me. He's waving to me. I go, what, dude? What's going on? Come here. So I come over. He goes, I go, what? I go, he goes, go get me a pair of shorts. I go, what do you need a pair of shorts? Well, he was out there in his boxer shorts. Because he's in an enclosed machine. It's heated. It doesn't, you know... But he's Ralph, you know, there ain't nobody up there. He's got nobody to impress, you know, that's just the way he is. So so the thing is, when I went up today, of course, my, my surface is spotty, so I, I text him, like, you home, didn't hear from him. So I'm, at this point, I'm driving to his house, I got the case, I got the, I got the Sammy Adams, I'm, I'm like going up, I'm bringing my gift, and I know Ralph's one of those guys that I went and I put on the, I put on the steps, and I wasn't going to knock on the door, because Ralphie's, one, again, one of these guys, I'm just gonna, not going to surprise him that I just show up on his doorstep, because... He's got probably no clothes on. Well, clothes. He got boxers, but you know he's probably not in the position where he wants to just answer the door randomly. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to give give him a courtesy call, Ralph. I'm coming. Who's there? Who's here? Who's here? And I didn't want to freak him out yeah. because so I was like, Ralph, you home? He goes, No. I said, I just, I said, I just got. That. He must have. He said, I, I literally just, I must have drove by you. So long story short, I did put it there. But like, Ralphie's always one of the guys I got to tell him I'm coming. I don't. No surprise visits for Ralph. Yeah. No. 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 He don't like that. So I just, I just out of respect, I was like, like Listen, I'm coming in. I got a gift. He don't for like you. that, but I'm sure he appreciated it. Well, he or he will. Oh, no, he loved, he, then, he will. Then, he will when he sees what it is. Oh, then I go, Ralph. I left you a gift, and he, he thanks, GT. Thanks, and like it wasn't like oh, you don't have to do it. It was like no thanks. And I think he knew what I was probably dropping off. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was excited. He had a, he had a little. He had a little. You can Ralph, see Ralph's little, pretty in tune to that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's no dummy. Like, yeah, no, he's he, no knows, he knows what's going on. And he knows on. I'm a very limited uh, uh, shopper of gifts. Yeah, I'm a very simple. I'm a simpleton yeah. when it comes to gifts. So that's a Ralph term. Simpleton. I know. I think I pulled that. That's. The, the you amount, must have used that from Ralph. I, I probably did. I think uh, I thought I heard it the other day, but that is definitely a, some of the Ralph isms. Yeah. And, and it's not 
they just they roll like I would say it and I'd get tongue tied. It just rolls off his tongue like you and I are just like talking about the sky, you know, yeah. or the weather. You could probably have a show. If I could just put like play. If you, if you could get like chummy, Chris. I try to get chummy on Ch- chummy but, too busy. But I'm saying chummy, chummy too busy. Chris, my you could probably just have one show of just Ralphisms. Oh yeah. I, I would just sit here and just put the play and let you guys go. The the problem is Chummy, we're going into beaver season right now. He's he's big in the trapping right now. Chummy. So I tried to get Chummy on here. Chummy, oh, GT never get me on the podcast. I'm like, Chummy, you're, you get an open invite. Never see him. Too busy. Too busy. Out, you know, he's out on uh, out in Saranac, Saracanac. Can't can't Saranac. make the trip. Can't make the trip. Saranac. I saw I saw him on uh, saw him on Halloween. Stopped in. Wanted to have a beer with Chummy. Didn't have a beer with Chummy. Had a, had a, had a beer with Turkey. Didn't get a beer with Chummy. Chummy was too busy. Went inside. Started telling Gina how to do massage. Expert on <laughs> expert, expert, expert on everything. You know exactly where this is going. Expert so like, on everything. I, and I, that's I, what Ralph would say, right? Yeah, Chummy. Expert on everything. So, so I come out and Durkee goes, I think he's in there. No, no. Carrie comes out. She goes, yeah, Chummy's in there telling Gina like something about massage. And I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. The scientific fact or something. So I was waiting to see. Unbelievable. I was waiting to see Chummy. Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He, he's a beauty though. He's a, he's a rare he's a find. Beauty. He's a beauty. He's a diamond in the rough. So yes, um, so we got we to gotta catch up. There's a couple things I want to ask you about. So number one. We're going a little bit back in time. I haven't had a chance to, to talk to you about this yet. The Bulls documentary. We were talking about it. You're big. You're a big Jordan guy. Yeah. So yeah. And, huge, yeah. Huge and Jordan. Now this fan. was back in what April this came out. So we are six months yeah, out. Yeah. So it was in April. So. Um, but I haven't had a long discussion with you about it because we were anticipating that coming out the last time we were on the podcast. Well, I mean, we sort of got blasted by COVID, right? So we'd be remiss if we didn't. It was weird. It was talk weird. Talk about the elephant in the room, right? Yep. Of yep. how this year has gone. Um, actually I was at, uh, great metal working down there. Um, the state did the, uh, which I saw you had some of the hand sanitizer there. Yep. Um, so because I'm on the fire response team at the jail, they paid me to go down to work overtime down at great metal when they were bottling it. So I was kind of worried because a couple of the episodes or one of the episodes that week, I was down there two times and two of the episodes that were playing, I was like, I'm going to miss them. You know what I mean? I'm going to miss them. But we had accommodations to go and um, see it and or watch it and stuff like that. I thought it was spot on. Spot on. I mean, you know, Jordan commanding his locker room, um, Rodman with his antics, uh, Pippen. It was all of what I remember of, you know what I mean? Pippen carrying the team when Jordan retired the first time. Um, I, I – think it was well, well, well put together. One of the things, so I was young. So if you ask me about the, the Michael Jordan era, I have no knowledge of it. I know Michael Jordan. I started kind of following basketball, like right when he was getting out of basketball. I remember watching him on the Wizards. Like this is how like, I didn't watch the NBA at that, that age. I was, I was yeah, kind so of that was out of the second retirement. Yeah, exactly. So I was seven or eight when he won his last championship. So I was a little kid. I wasn't really watching it. But if you had to go back in time, like what was the era that like really like drew me into like sports? The '90 Bulls, I think, are number one. There's, I mean, you could say like the '70 Steelers. There's some pe- people with some dominating, but like you know, you could talk about the Patriots now. You could talk the you, the late '90 Yankees and early 2000s, which again, yeah, I was absolutely, I was heavily involved even, there. Even the Dolphins, the you know, the winning of season and stuff. Like, I think there's there's one there's some spot, and you know, the Packers being you know. Um, but I think the 90 Bulls still to this day stand out on their own. They were a dynasty, dude. Yeah. They it, were a dynasty. And the way they, the, the, the culture around basketball at the time, because that was 
basketball has definitely picked up because basketball had a lull. Once Jordan left to probably kind of like the LeBron era, there was a there was a solid 10. No, I mean not 10. Jordan, eh. Well, you still had Colby. You still had Shaq. So, I you mean, had there, some there guys because then you yeah. went to the, like, the, we went from there you yeah, went to but, the Lakers. The but, Lakers but had when the first. You, I, guess, I guess the standard for me, and I don't watch the NBA anymore. I haven't watched it, I don't think, since 98, since Jordan retired. I didn't even watch it when he came back the third time because he wasn't a bull, and it wasn't exciting to me. <laughs> Um, but I think the standard when you look at it was the 92 dream team in that era of basketball, magic Johnson, Larry bird, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, you know what I mean? David Robinson, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Clyde Drexler. Those guys were ball players. They, they knew the fundamentals of the game. And when I watch basketball today, I, I see more run and gun. Mm-hmm. I see more street ball, which is exciting to watch at some point. You know what I mean? But those guys picked apart at it. It was a science to them. You know, yeah. they ran specialized offenses, triangle offense. They did things that just you don't see today. You know what I mean? Well, now it's more clear out one on one, maybe kick out for a three. I I find the NBA like that's why I like college basketball so much because college basketball they still play primarily. Yes. And I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but no, they're playing an offense. They're they're there's an offense, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. It, and I think there's there's benefit, and they're playing the defense too. Yes, and you know what I mean. It's it's kind of like a football game, right? So you have an offense that specializes in one side, a defense that specializes in one side, and that's how they mesh their team. And back in that era, that's how those games. I remember we talked about probably before it was Tex Winter. He came up with a triangle offense, and that's what they that's what they mastered. Um, that being said, I, I think looking back, I've watched a couple different episodes a couple times because maybe I wasn't so in tune with the episode at that time, preoccupied for something. I'm glad that they didn't just focus on Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big thing that they hit home. They focused on the Chicago Bulls. They focused on Phil Jackson. They focused on Michael Jordan. They focused on Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr. Um, the bench players, they brought people back for interviews. Bill Wennington, um, Scott Williams, John Paxson. They brought these guys back to talk about what their experience was with playing with the GOAT, right? Because he really is. I, I still, to this day, I'm never going to – he is the greatest of all time. The, the craziest thing, so when you go back to uh, – I'm, I'm a LeBron James fan. I was a LeBron James fan in 2003 when he kind of came up, St. V's um, in high school. And – you know, and I followed him all the way to the NBA. I'm still a LeBron guy, meaning I like every time LeBron plays on a team, I just want his team to win. And this is back from when I was in junior high school. I didn't know the Jordan era. I'm like, yeah, Jordan won six championships. But it's the way that he won the six championships. And what you don't see is when you take – and LeBron, trust me, like when they win when they win championships, like LeBron is a big factor on both ends of the court. But I think when you start looking at – willing yourself to victory. I don't think anybody willed themselves to victory like Jordan. Like Jordan was the one that you just like saw clips of like what he was doing was more impressive. The other thing with Jordan, LeBron's popular, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jordan was on a different level. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about some of the stuff that you saw with Jordan where it was almost like seeing like a, a boy band or almost like seeing the Beatles or almost like it's these like famous people or people lose their mind to see them. And Jordan like, Rolling out in his, uh, what do you have? Was it the Lambo? What, what did he have? Yeah, that, he, he had a Lambo. The, the red one that said yeah. uh, Jumpman or whatever he had on yeah. the license plate. Um, 
that one was like, you start seeing these people just like but crowd I, around but them. But I think, and actually to go back to, I remember, of course, you know, I'm a big fan. Listen to mostly all your episodes that I can. Um, I remember you and Chris talking about branding, but Jordan branded himself, mm-hmm. right? So he worked off being Air Jordan. I don't really think LeBron's branded himself. You know, you you have the King James thing, but from I think an athlete, nobody, nobody has branded themselves like Michael Jordan has. And I think no. honestly, that's why he is the greatest of all time. That's why when he was walking in the locker room saying, At "The end of the game, give me the ball," because mm-hmm. he had the confidence, he had the support from the outside and basically almost scared people into saying, if he has the ball, watch out, he's going to make something happen. And he did. Yeah. And, uh, we start, well, we talk about like branding, like that was jump man, you know, you know, when you got, yep, and you got yep. Jordan going up. The yep. I mean, the fact that like Michael jo- or uh, Derek Jeter wore those all throughout his career, the fact yep. that like, you know, I think Jordan at UNC, they still wear Jordan, right? Gear. I believe so. it's Nike, I, but they're sponsored. I by believe, Jordan. So, but everybody, everybody, you see that on everything. But you have, but I'm saying he's going beyond just NBA basketball. Yes, I mean the fact that, like I said, Derek, someone like Derek Jeter has all his gear. On, I, I think. And I think. Else. I think his biggest thing is by people wearing it, he kind of considers himself the great. Maybe he's never said that, but he considers himself the greatest of all time. And if you wear this, you'll consider yourself the greatest. Basically, you're going to achieve your goals. Well, I think, you know? did they ask him that? Are you the greatest of all time? I can't remember. Well, he's a humble guy. I don't yeah. think he'd tell you if you would. I think he would sit you there. You know what I mean? I think he like probably kind of shrugged it off and said, well, you know, I was I was good. Yeah, but like, am I the best? I don't know. Because, of course, he's not thinking like LeBron. He's like, you know, um, start going back like. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain has the most NBA titles. Then he's like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Like he's going back into his, you know, his time frame. So I mean that, or going back into where he well, used yeah, to emulate. And, and anybody, Julius Irving or whoever mm-hmm. was before him, that you know what I mean, played the game. That he, you can't consider me the greatest of all time. I just consider that as a humble person. I think he, I think he's just uh, he's I, thankful for what he got. He obviously didn't have a. Easy road. You know, his father was murdered in 93 yeah, after his, you know what I mean? Right for the NBA final. Um, I, I think, I, I, I don't think the baseball thing was a, uh, I think it's something he wanted to do. And I think he, you know, tried it out. And then honestly, I just think it was his calling to come back. I, I honestly believe that he was good up to his first retirement. He was better when he came back. I think he had the respect of people and mm-hmm. they just knew this guy's going to make things happen. And yeah, well, when they talk about going, like, leaving, as well as the rumor, like, gambling debt and stuff, like, when you start talking about when he left... And he doesn't deny that. He'll he'll tell you, I like to gamble. You know what I mean? No, for sure, but I think when people focus on... Because, of course, you hear that, and then you actually go in the story, and he was talking in the end of 1992-93. He's like, dude, I'm just getting beat up. Yeah. I don't know if I have it in me. I love it. Love the sport, but I'm just getting worn down, like, mentally. Yeah. Um, Oh, phys- it, physically too, though. Physically too, but physically but, too. When you watch most, when you watch those the, early '90 games between him and the Knicks and stuff like that, those guys were brutal. And the to Pistons, each other. And the stuff, Pistons, but, they were brutal. But the thing to is, when other. when he made a comment of like, I just don't know if I want to just go through another season. I mean, these guys get tired mentally because it's it's long season. It's you know you're in and out, you're traveling and in hotel rooms practicing. Yeah. So for him to say. Then his dad gets murdered. Then he's like, my dad wanted me to play basketball, which I believe all that to be true. And I think mm-hmm. he was just like, hey, I was tired. My dad passed away. Probably not in the greatest headspace of like, I got to try. I just got to, I got to like escape this for a bit. Yep. And then for him to come back, I think is still 
not just to come back, but still come back as best player, removed for, what, a year and a half. Um, that was pretty incredible. My favorite scene of the entire documentary was, I think it was episode, was it episode maybe eight? He ended episode eight. Remember he was like almost tearing up? Like he was sitting there and he started asking him about like, were you too hard on players? And he goes, and he, he made some comment to the effect of like, I just knew I could like, I wanted to be the best and I knew I could draw the best out of these guys. And he goes, if you didn't want to be, get out of here. Like he goes, we're like, and I think there was something, obviously he said it in a little more, you know, meaningful way. But I think when he, people interviewed him, like, were you too hard? Were you too demanding? Were you too this? Were you too much of a, a presence in the locker room? Because and he's like, no, I wanted to win. And he goes, I knew all these guys had like basically greatness inside of them, but nobody was drawing that out of them. But, and, but, and he, but I think that's where his brand comes in, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and I think he, he knows he's the greatest of all time, but he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be told he's the greatest of all time. He may know it. And, but if he can give that bit of comfort to this person that's struggling, that in whatever sport, Derek Jeter or whoever, you know, a college kid that's coming out, you know, that wants to be the next best. I, I think he's trying to do that. And I think he's, I think he's humble when he says something like that. I don't think yeah. he wants to be, you know. No, I th- it was pretty cool because again, I think it just, the whole, the whole series, I'll be honest, introduced me back to to 90% of it. I probably had 10% knowledge. It wasn't great, mm-hmm. but I knew a couple things. Like I knew what he won. I knew the baseball, I knew the retirement, oh, knew dude, the players. When, you, when but, you used to watch them, they they were they were just amazing. Just an amazing group to watch play. Well, I mean, you could they could be playing the worst team in the league and it would be an exciting game just to see what they were going to well, do. Well, also when you're the number 1 team, every team plays up to your level when they play yep. you. So you're getting the best out of every team that plays you every single night. You could be middle of the road, and you might have their middle of the road effort. But if you're the number one team, the worst team in the league is going to try to play their best game of the season because they're playing you, uh, which makes it harder for good teams to win. Um, Some of the best – two of the best things, the most – I think the most comical things of the whole thing, which is just crazy because you got to think back in that era to where it is now, like just the type of athlete and stuff. The first one was – after the end of the game and they're sitting there and Jordan smoking a cigar after games, before games sometimes, mm-hmm. drinking remember when they had Miller Light, they're all drinking Miller yeah. Light, they're all sitting like on the on the table being worked on, they're all like drinking beer. You don't see that nowadays. Well, it's and, shunned upon nowadays. I mean, yeah, and, and especially when you're inside of a building smoking yeah. a cigar, but that was just like a normal thing. Yeah. Which was funny to see just the just the way that, you know, health and fitness and, and athletics has changed. Well, I think, and, I think too, even I mean, when you look at the game now, it's, it's too different. I mean, you see these guys and whatever sweatbands, armbands, oh, uh, compression shorts, compression and stuff. shorts yeah. and all this stuff. These guys put shorts and a Jersey on. Well, and if you've ever seen one of those replica jerseys or the authentic jerseys, yeah, they're not comfy. They got to chafe the hell out of you. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know what I mean? Well, that, that these is, guys did it. That 80, 82 games a year was when he had the sh- uh, the shoes on and he was returning to the garden and he wore the original ones and he said my feet were bleeding he goes my feet were bleeding at halftime but I was having a good game so I left them on yeah like which is crazy but you gotta think he goes these shoes aren't good like no. compared to what they have now which technology just, of, of making a shoe you know what I think mean? about what they used to all play in chucks yep. flat top you know or flat bottom chucks yep. and no arch support so um, and then the, the other one was when Dennis Rodman's like I just got to go have like a binger out in Vegas and yeah. like, Hey, just let him go. And yeah. like, it's just crazy to think like they knew what was going on, but oh, then you... and then, and then they say like, he'll come back. Oh yeah. They, 
we know he will come back. He's kind of like he's kind of like it was kind of like a beagle. You just kind of let him go wander yeah. and sniff, and they will come back. Let him do his thing. Yeah, you don't need to put him on chain. You just yeah, let him go. No, no. Um, so th- those were kind of the funny things I kind of took away from it. Besides all the hype and craziness, but um, yeah, it was just that was just a fun series, uh, which is. I think those long form like mini series are pretty cool versus like a, just the one off 90 minute 30 for 30 kind of deals. Cause do you watch a lot of 30 for thirties? I actually only watch stuff I'm interested in and I, I'll be honest with you. And this is not a political statement or anything like that, but with sports right now, my head is just not in the game for sports. I haven't watched yeah. one baseball game this year. Um, I haven't turned the NFL on in two years. Yeah. I, um, my my head is just not in the game for sports right now. The, when I watch sports, I want to watch sports. I don't want anybody's views on it. I just want to watch the game. And I think there's a lot of talented people out there that are getting slighted by all this stuff, what's going on in this political climate right now because... Well, the, on, the only sport that I've... I've probably sat down to like actually watch a football game this year, maybe a, 10 minutes maybe. And usually, like, if it's on, if it's on the TV, I'm not really paying attention to it because I'm not a big... I watched the Giants. Giants are bad this year. I punted the season. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care about football if my team's not in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people just, like, like watching football, and I never... I, I'm not that person. I like watching... Golf's the only sport that I, I actually will watch. I am a baseball fan myself. And yeah. You, I, don't, I don't care who's playing in the World Series. This is my time of year. I like the fall. I like... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the October World Series and uh, the ALDS, ALCS, you know, I mean, same with the National League. And I just, this year, I just cannot get into it. Just not at all. And it's not because, it's not because of COVID. It's not because of anything. It's more so because of just the, I say, climate of things, you know. The, uh, well, also, I think some of it throws me off because time of the year is one thing, but I just, I, I'll, Things are just weird this year. So like I've lost interest in a lot of like, again, sports wise. And there's there's a lot of weird things this year. I've just punted not, not from a bad thing, but just things are just there's restrictions. There's things you can do, can't do. Things have been changed. Yeah. Um, you know, other stuff that I have to do, and you know, work takes a lot away. So like, even if I'm at home, it's more of like family work or kind of the pretty much my two avenues I stay in. Um. Now in regards to. Not not not. I'm not going to talk politics. I'm not going to talk politics. But also, just out of respect to Ralph's the only guy that's ever set a rule for this show, and he's never been on the show. Just, just don't talk politics. No. Ralph sets but, lots of rules, though. You know what I mean. But there's only a few major ones that always end up going to the top. But the uh, I'm one not to get in like political debates or anything. But what is your like? You're a guy that follows politics. You're a guy that enjoys the election cycle and stuff like that. Like, what are your thoughts on this election? Again, none have to go like into direct politics, but just like the, like what's your take on the climate? Cause I have some takes on it, which I find sharing, but like, what's your, are, oh, are, are we talking nationally or locally or both or both? Both. Um, I always I, like to hear I, insights from different people on different stuff that at least I know. I, I think it's an, follow I think bit. it was an exciting year. Um, not to go into politics too much, but, I, I on the sub- local or, or national? I, I think both. Okay. I think the national drew out the local. Okay. Um, I think people went to the polls because of the national, you know, where mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't have, especially for mayor or, you know, um, state senate or whatever. Um, 
it's an interesting dynamic actually because i mean i you know i follow this stuff all the time and it's basically you know just what i enjoy doing um i i think even though i supported trump back in 2016 actually 2015 when he first announced i was the first one to say that you know and i didn't get the same feeling this time i still supported him i support his policies that's you know i don't support how he acts but i support his policies um but this year I didn't get that feeling. And I, I think the difference is, is when I look at things, and I've been thinking about this more and more. I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but I've been thinking about this more and more last few last week or so. I think he could talk and act like he acted back in 2016 because there was no incumbent. But he's had four years in. And now you got to start not delivering because he did deliver on a lot of stuff he said he was going to. But you got to start acting the part a little bit more. You can go to your rallies and, you know, but you got to start acting the part, especially you, you can't get in a press briefing and say, you know, the fake news and all this stuff like that. So I think nationally that drew out the voter towards everybody. Now, there is a debate in this country right now whether there is election fraud going on. And I there's fraud everywhere. You're never going to stop that. Um, but I don't think it's to the point where, he is going to retain his presidency. Um, that being said, even watching politics right now, <laughs> that's another thing too. I'm actually kind of distancing myself from too right now because people are just, they're just being mean to each other, dude. They're just being mean. And you know what? This is America. We still live in the greatest country ever. You don't need to be mean to somebody because you support one person and I support the other. And, our views differ, but you don't like, I support him, so I'm, you know, I'm illiterate or I'm, you know, non-educated or whatever. It, it shouldn't be that way. People should support. And, I, and I've seen friends that I just don't even, I've kind of blocked on Facebook because they're like, you know, if you support this guy, you're, you know, you're out of your mind and stuff like that. I don't believe in that. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think, you know, you look at Republican, Democrat, I don't think on the local level it means as much. You know, you, we talk about Scott Beebe and Chris Rosenquist and stuff. I don't think it means as much on that level. When you get to the national level, it obviously means something. Um, and I listened to both of those shows, too. I thought they were good. I thought both candidates uh, brought good ideas for what they're going to do in the future. Whether they can cash in on them or make them happen, let's hope. Because this city needs something. You know what I mean? Uh, the same same with, you get more national with uh, Elise and Tedra Cobb and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I We still live in the greatest land ever. We just need to act like it, you know. There's just such a political divide, and it's you know, it stems from a lot of things, you know. So Well, my my uh, my thoughts is that 2020, 2020 was like, I was pretty good through 2020. Most people got kind of like, you know, hit kind of like the depression mode early in the year. I started to kind of feel like down probably like late September, early October, Purely for the fact, I think, that, like, the political landscape just started to, like, like, not even, like, the COVID stuff. Because that was one of them. But then when politics just got, like, just annoying. And I'm like, why is it? It just seems like it's this, you know, this fight and argument. Every time you turn on the news, mm -hmm. it's just, like, people bashing each other and mm -hmm. talking. Just not supporting anybody or hating on people. And it's like... I just got mentally just drained from it because I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I don't like, you know, I'm not a guy that like searches out confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I'm kind of, 
and I'm, I'm a realist too. Not everybody's going to get along, but it's the idea that don't actively try to like pick fights. So when I, the biggest thing that just drained me was just the divisiveness in the country. Just like people picking sides. And like you said, it's us versus them. I said, it's not. And I, I've voted for presidents that have won. I voted for presidents that haven't won. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm like literally the next day, it doesn't matter. I get up, whatever I'm, like I just look at okay, we just have a different person in charge, and in four years it could be the same or different. It's not going to change the, what I do day to day, but I think the issue is it's when people, like you said, or attack certain people, and it's not directly the you know, Trump or Biden. It's, tr- it's it's their supporters, and it's like both sides shouldn't be attacking the other the, the other side. I did one political post this year. Ever. It's the only one I'll do. I will not. I'm not a politic guy. I'm not going to post about it. I literally just said if you're going to vote today. Go out and vote. You should vote. But I said, if your friends do not vote the same way, they're still your friends. Yes. And and the thing is, I think that, I, I th- that, that's all we need to remember, right? At the end of the day, that's all we need to remember. Um, you know, I use I use uh, I, I was talking to somebody at work a couple weeks ago, and we have kind of the same views and kind of opposing views on some things. And this was when the Supreme Court justice was getting. Mm-hmm nominated my position is whether it's right or wrong it is the president's right he's still president until january 20th whether there's an election going on or and and i don't agree with what they did to merrick garland back in obama's uh that being said it was you know that's the way it went and that's the way it happened so she gets confirmed my issue to to my friends that have opposing views of mine are and some of them are females are what do you have against this lady she's a working mom you guys are four working moms you're four you know what i mean you have nothing except she's being nominated by a republican president that you don't like that's not america shouldn't be that way that woman's not going to get up just because she has her personal views on roe v wade and get up and go to work one day and say this is on the docket today doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. and anybody that thinks it does Sadly mistaken. Well, there's what nine justices. Yeah. So I mean, you got nine people on the on the ju- or on the court. Like they're all smart people. Like, Very and, brilliant. And, and they're all going to sit brilliant. there, and they're going to like they're in theory they should be the our best judges in the United States. They're all going to sit there and discuss something. They're all going to have very good points. And, if, and, and 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 you know it's funny when when things like this come up. I I do research on because I want to know. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And. You hear the argument with like uh, Scalia and Ginsburg. You know, they were the most two that have passed away while being on the bench. And they were great friends. They were great friends. Mm -hmm. Now, politically, they didn't align. Or ideologically, I should say. Mm -hmm. But they were great friends. That should tell you something right there. We should be able to agree to disagree. Yeah. You know, and just move on. Well, I think I think what doesn't people, mean just doesn't mean because I dissent from you that I hate your guts when I walk out of there, you know. Well, I also think too that what people need to do if somebody doesn't agree with you, instead of saying you're wrong and just shutting them off, I think you almost have to open up a little bit and say like, okay, I I don't think the same way you do about a topic, but like, what is your points? Because I think, and it's not to sit there and get in arguments. Like, what what's your thought on this? Because I like to look at different thoughts and people's opinions. 
that are on different sides because then I get a better well-rounded, okay, I can see where they're coming. Because I'm pretty, I'm a pretty empathetic person. I can kind of see where people are coming from if you like you vote this way or that way or, or make decisions in life or say something or do something. I kind of can like at least say, well, where are they coming from? Why would they probably made that? What's their thought process behind it? And then I can get a better understanding. And usually if you know where they're coming from, that's fine. And I'm, you know, especially with politics, I don't, I don't argue because I have very good friends and very smart friends that are conservative and liberal. And, and I look at both of them, like if they're, I would think smart people on both sides and they're coming up with whatever they're justifying, then there's got to be some validity to it. Um, now the, for everything that I hated on the national scene. I, I, I will tell you, let me interject real quick. I thought it was great that you were able to get the mayor candidates on. Yeah. Both of them this year. I hope people listen to this show because, to be honest with you, that wasn't political on your end at all. It gives them a platform to talk on mm -hmm. and talk about their ideas and stuff like that. And you didn't make it political or anything like that. Even when Billy Jones and I listened to that episode, there was no, you know, he has his reasons for doing things, but it wasn't like, you need to vote for me. This is the only reason I'm on this show is because you need to vote. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. They get to talk about their forum and their platform and what they want to accomplish and i think that's a for people that you know don't follow politics that's a great you know insight well, for them i would like i actually wanted to have a few more politicians on the what I, eventually what will happen part of it is like i reached out to um elise and tedra cobb neither of them responded back which i figured they wouldn't you know yeah, no i remember you you and yeah, i talked about yeah this. and it, yeah. they're they're busy and i wasn't and there was actually a couple of local people that i wanted to have on that i just didn't um, I didn't get the chance. Like I should have had reached out to Dan Stack and Kim Davis and I didn't. Um, you know, there's a few people that I would have liked to have come on. And again, I'm not a overly political person, but I think on the local politics, it's more of the person, you know, where they come from, what's their, what's their goals for the area. And I think, you know, especially on the local political scene, both, both mayor candidates came on. They were both great. Whoever won, which I kind of was like, I was more excited about that race than any other race. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes get a little bit more excited about the local races because, yeah. because you see more result, direct results. Well, right? that so and I like for me, I got to sit down for an hour and half hour and forty minutes, to talk to both both guys, and they were both super nice. They um, they are they were able to tell me what you know what their plans were. Neither of them really bashed the other side. A lot of them yeah. said, you know, I kind of, we kind of believe in the same things, but this is what I want to do. And this is why I think I'd be good. And they were both very respectful. And I think one of the things that if there was a silver lining to the political climate this year, I thought Scott and Chris did a phenomenal job, both their campaigns of running very positive. This is like, I want to clean, clean, very clean. clean. And one of the things that the national political level, and, and I say national, I'm saying even the Elise Tedra level even those when i started getting those campaign commercials i'm like listen like i i don't want to go on and see you put this like ugly photo uh photo of one of the other candidates in black and white and make it look like they're these scumbaggy people and then take a little news headline and pop I, it on there i really think and I, I i thought this basically since 2016 but now more than ever there really needs to be term limits and when I say term limits, we have term limits for president, but we don't have for the Senate. But we really need term limits from the president of the United States down to the dog catcher for the city of Plattsburgh. Well, so because these people get into these jobs and they get entrenched. They're focused on one thing. And it's generally themselves. We're going to do this for the American. No, you're not. 
you're doing this for yourself to say what you have accomplished in your life. You have these people like like Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer has been a career politician. I'm not just not knocking on him. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty. Of, yeah, you know, Mitch McConnell, leader of the Senate, career politician. He's worth twenty eight million dollars. He's never been anything but a politician, mm-hmm. and he's worth twenty eight million dollars. So there's, you know, so when you when you look at these things and and and, and it's too bad because I, I personally feel like Elise has fallen down the same. The a, same, a little bit, and I, you know, and which worries me because I think that she's doing a good job or has done a good job. But when I start like hearing like the stuff thrown around, like a taxing Tedra, and it's the name calling stuff, yep. I'm like, you, you can you can focus on your policies and not not bash another side, and that's the part of politics I don't like. It's like you're not attacking, don't attack that person. Tell us what you can do and what you want to accomplish. And it's too much of like I want to just drag this person through the mud. To the point where you hate them, which is what happened with Trump. We hate Trump so much that we're going to vote him out. And then, and Trump was trying to do the same with Biden. Was going in trying to attack his kid and trying to. And I'm like, can't we just talk about policies? Like, keep go, keep it on focus of what we actually want to do because that's what people want to hear. And that's what that's what I think. And, that's why I think he he resonated in 2016. He focused on that. He yeah. could sit there and call people, you know, Lion Ted and you know Crooked Hillary and stuff like that because these people have been entrenched in politics. But you've been in politics for four years now. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear you talk about sleepy Joe Biden. Yeah, they don't. They want to hear what you're going to do, what you're going to do for the country. And you know, do I think the guy got a fair, uh, not a fair shake? Yeah, I do. I, I think that they've wanted him out since you know you talk about I, Rus- Russia, I, Russia I collusion, think the media and media definitely played a yeah big Russia part collusion, this, yeah. the media and Twitter, you know, censoring stuff. And uh, you know, I, yes, I do. And I think that that's a. That's a bigger debate. Well, I think the two reasons that he, I think he, if you would have polled at the end of 2019, a year ago, I think there was no chance. I think there's a very small chance Trump lost. Well, I I, I think right now, if I'm being truthful, well, I'm always truthful, but I think that this year, COVID killed him. I do too. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything that he did. I think that. Um, no matter what, the economy fell out of sight. Yep, which was his, that's his big thing. That was his big thing. And it, now let's be honest, it would have with whatever president, mm-hmm. because you're doing the same exact thing. You're going to shut the economy down to save people's lives. Um, but I don't think he resonated with what he needed to say of, listen, I put the travel ban on with China when you told me that that was not the right thing to do. And granted, the media skews it to however they want to, you know, well, even that, and then the idea that if you take, so like the COVID thing, but I think he's even like you said, some of the responses to COVID, like when he had, when he had COVID, went back to the White House and like came out to greet people, having just got back from COVID, and like took his mask off and was doing stuff. I'm like, and it's just kind of one of those things. Like, there's certain even if you don't agree with it, there's a, at a point you do have to have some level of empathy for the people that are are, you know, on that side. Like, definitely, hey, more and. That's, that's, I think, part of it was you have a virus or a pandemic that turned into this big political thing. And it's like, you know, I think at that point, I'm like, that really shouldn't, I don't think should have been as politicized as it was, but that was what drove a lot of the election. I mean, that was a big talking point. Well, when you look, a year ago, that when ne- you, it wasn't even a topic. And then when you look at, at um, Monday morning, right? So Monday morning, Pfizer comes out and says, we have a vaccine that's 90% effective. On the back side of that, they say, we didn't want to 
tell you guys this a week and a half ago because it was going to influence the election. Granted, I understand that that mm-hmm. thought process. I understand that. And now you got Fauci coming out and saying, this is extraordinary. They, they've done a great job. And this is going to save lives. And now you got the president-elect sitting there saying, well, we followed the science and we did this. So he's going to piggyback off of... Yeah. So it, it, it's politics. You're never going to change it, I don't think. Yeah, unless, you have, be- unless, unless you have term limits right across the board. I don't think you're ever going to change it, well, um, but I am not in favor of myself personally, and my Democratic friends will probably um, not talk to me after this, but I'm not in favor of doing things just because you didn't get your way. So packing the court, getting rid of the filibuster, I'm not in favor of that stuff. Those were set and stolen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Let's let it be that way. The guy's gone. You got what you wanted. Yeah. The country voted, whether fair or not. And, you know, I, I, you may have seen this. I put a post up there, um, last week, which I thought was, I read it. That was great. You know, it looks like he's going to be our president. This was before they called it. Mm-hmm. Let's just get along, mm-hmm. you know, but those people that were friends of mine and are friends of mine, he's not my president. I'm never going to refer to him. My president. Yeah. Well, that was your, your, your style of thinking is skewed yeah. because you don't, Yep. You, you, you're not really appreciating democracy at this point. You know, you may not like the guy. I didn't like Obama. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say I didn't like Obama. I thought he was a, he's a stellar politician. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like his policies. Yeah. But he was still my president. And the people on the left that say, well, you know, this guy's a joke. He was still your president for four years. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to acknowledge that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm the same way. I, I'm one of those guys. If I ever meet a president, I don't care what political party. I don't care if they did something I disagreed with. Like, I think I have a lot of respect for the office. I have a lot of respect for the history of the you office. You have to. You yeah. have to. And, and again, if you're an American and that is the person that's leading your country, all the way back to the founding fathers, I think you have... I, I just look at that as the, there's the history, the precedent, the... the um, and the way we do vote for that person, like we do, is it, you know, you do get to vote, which I think people take for granted. Um, I do like seeing a lot of people go which out and vote, which is crazy considering I think out of eligible voters, there was only like 60% that voted this year, which was like a record high, which, you know, kind of disappoints me. Like, where's the other 40% of eligible voters? Like, they just didn't show up. And the term limit thing that you mentioned, I think... I don't know if it was Michael, Mike Cashman or Billy uh, Jones that I asked. And I said, what are your thoughts on term limits? And they both, I think they both said the same thing. Well, technically your term limit is when you're up for re-election, which I get and I, I, I respect that. My only, I guess to play devil's advocate on it, is maybe not at the local level because that no, is, that is no, true. No, still, some, still at the local level. But, but I'm saying I, 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 I think I think personally myself this is just myself I speak for myself um, I think if so Mike Cashin another one fantastic interview don't didn't know yeah, much great. about the guy until yeah, I great. Until, until I super listened guy. super guy a um, couple of uh, good friends that I have in the fire department and stuff like that know him and speak nothing but highly of him mm-hmm. that being said if he runs for five terms and I think they're four year terms in the town I believe so yeah okay so that's 20 years. Now you want to turn around and you want to run for town supervisor of town of Plattsburgh. Do you know what an uphill battle that's going to be for you to... Because, oh, for sure. Because, granted, 
your term limits up at that four years. But two of those terms that he ran for, nobody ran against him. Now the guy's been in there for 20 years, and you want to run against him. You have a huge uphill battle. Unless he screwed up so bad that they're just looking for change, and I think that's where the city's at right now. They've had a bunch of... Yes, but I the way I look at it is there's two sides. The term limit aspect of it, should there be term limits? And they both made good points. The term limit is when you you know the election comes up, you're only going to be elected out if people don't want you to run, which is true. And I get that. And then I get the whole national, um, or not national, but I get the whole idea of you have four years or whatever. The, and I, the problem though, and I'm taking away on the, on the local level, because is it an uphill battle if you have somebody that people really, really like? 100%. Um, 100%. The, the whole idea though with the term limits, so if you have... Two minutes, or not two minutes. Um, if you have term limits of four years, what happens on those four years if you know you run again and someone likes you, whatever, and votes you back in? That's fine. I, I don't. I'm not against that. My, my biggest issue is if for some reason. But you say two years. But but I'm just wait. Let me finish this. So like, if you four years, two years, whatever it is, you have a term limit. Mm-hmm. And I don't on the local level. I don't see it as much. Where, I, where you see it with the career politician, I believe, problem is when you're on the national level because what happens at the national level? They dump tons and tons and tons of money into campaigns to sway elections and they get the career politicians because, as we both know, local politics, in my experience and, and, and from what I know, is not as dirty as the national political no, scene. No, not at all. So when you say the national political scene, at least where we live, the national political scene, when you have the, the parties and you have the special interest groups dumping millions and millions and millions of dollars to back somebody because it is going to benefit them, is that truly allowing the people to vote or is that one side having such a manipulative power? Now, granted, it's happening. Is that is it illegal if somebody wants to dump a bunch of private money from a company and they want to dump millions and millions of dollars into in a campaign? Can they do that? Yeah, they they can do whatever they want. The issue, though, if you have someone like you said, um, Mitch McConnell, or if you have Nancy Pelosi, or if you have all these people that have been in this political, you know, uh, Biden's almost on fifty years in the political sphere, should they be there that long? The other idea is that. Does it make sense that someone that's been doing it for, I take my position in real estate. Am I as good as, say my first term of real estate was my first year of real estate. Was I as good as I am now in year 10? No. So then could you argue these people that have been there for 40 years are much more knowledgeable and connected on the good side for that? Are they connected on the bad side? Meaning with sketchy people for sure. And I I understand your point and I respect your point. I think it's- Do, Do you think, but do you think on the national level- I think one, there's a lot, there's so much money being pumped into these campaigns. Oh, I agree. I, I agree with you. So if you look at Congress right now, right? So Congress uh, terms are two-year terms, right? And I so think that's Elise, way too short. Elise is just on her fourth term, right? She went into this last election with a four-to-one margin of money to be spent. Mm-hmm. Now. Is that right? I don't know if that's right or not. I, I would probably agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we change Congress's terms from four, two years to four years, but you can't serve more than eight years. Is Senate six? 
Senate is six. Because my thing with every two, and I had this conversation with, uh, and I think this is the assembly too, because Billy was up this year. So when Molly Ryan was on, I asked her, I said, is Billy up this year? She goes, yeah, but he's not, he's running on a post. And the whole idea of, I asked her, I said, it just seems like you're always campaigning. So like Elise, which it seems like, at least the presidential thing, you get a few years of nothing, and then you start campa- campaigning probably, what, 18 months out? Well, I mean, the thing with, with the presidential, you're going to see you're going to see 2024 talked about oh. within the next six months. Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, and these people are going to, they're going to align themselves or start placing themselves where they need to be, um, which I got no problem with. And like I said, I think there's smart people on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um one of surprisingly as a Republican, um, not that anybody that's listening to this doesn't know by now. Um, one of the people that I like the most in the Senate is Joe Manchin, Senator from West Virginia. And he kind of, he does his thing and he's like, well, this is just how I feel. Yeah. I'm a Democrat, but this is how I feel. I'm not in favor of packing the court just because I'm a Democrat. I'm not in favor of doing this just because I'm a Democrat. Why can't we get back to there Mm -hmm. where people vote their ideas, not their party? Because that's where we should be. Mm -hmm. But, and again, we, we talked about this. I think the media has just gone so awry, whether, whether you watch MSNBC or CNN or Fox news, everybody has just gone. And even, you know, I, I watch Fox news. That's just who I'm partial to us, you know, But some of the times I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, you know, like, why would you, you can't just say whatever the left does is wrong. It just doesn't go that way, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I've had some conversations with people at work or something like that. And they're like, we're we're done watching Fox News. You know, they, they, they went this way and stuff like that. I'm like, that's being impartial. That's reporting the news. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, you can't, if you get the one view that you want to hear all the time, and I don't know if it's maybe the same way with reality, right? If you get one standard of numbers that says, this is where you're at all year long, and then you get a second standard, and this is where you're at all year long. But the second standard, you're always below, but we don't follow that one. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I, I think you or I would take that second standard and say, okay. Give me that. We're going to build that up. Yeah. I, we're, we're going to prove those people wrong. And I think that's honestly where politics needs to go. You know, instead of just making it me versus you. And and to be honest with you, you know how I vote. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you vote. And yeah. I like that. I think that's why we're great friends because, you know what I mean? You, well, you I, have I the, find that I'm a very moderate person. And the problem is with... The problem is with... Uh, I think politics kind of on like the more moderate level. It's like, I don't, there's things if I had to go down from the national scene and if I had to go all the way down the list and they give, give me the top, I don't know, 12, 15 items, I'm probably going down and I'm probably bouncing back and forth quite a bit on both sides. I think once you get from the national federal, whatever you get down to, you know, I would say the, our New York 21st, Probably the same thing. I'm probably going to bounce back and forth on a few items. I think as you get closer down to our assembly people or closer down to our local politicians, I think if I went down, most of them would be about the same. And I there would be a very small deviation 
that's what I find on the local scene. Like when I had, you know, Scott and uh, Chris on, both of them, I think both of them were, are going to, were, well, obviously, you know, Chris has won, but I think both of them had the potential to do very well. And for me, it was more of like, who's the person that I think can just lead it and get work done and not, you know, maybe not just bring ideas, but can actually execute in the ideas. And I think that's how I would, I, I mean, I couldn't vote in the, in the election, but that's where I would go is which one do I think would be the one that's more able to do what they say they're going to do. And cause again, both of their ideas and their, their sides were very good, but I like that. And, and both guys ran a very, very, very good campaign. Um, clean, you know, like I said, very positive and very pro uh, Plattsburgh. And I think if we can get more of that tied into our national politics, I don't know. I obviously, I think I'm kind of, I think speaking from the masses right now because most, again, most of these people, um, I think on the national scene, aren't in tune with the local level. And I think most people, especially where we live, um, you know, I don't think are. Our beliefs, like our beliefs locally, are way more together or in line than anybody in the political scene because we, like, when we talk about, take like, a, so Billy won this year on a post. I would say most people would probably have a favorable opinion of Billy or if somebody ran against him. I don't think it'd be a very big, decisive, like, I don't like that person. Like, I found, like, and maybe I'm wrong on this, like, Dan, perfect example, Dan, Dan uh, Stack and Kimberly Davis ran. I didn't see a lot of like negative ads and campaigns against each other. I thought those were pretty positive. And then as it kept getting closer to the national scene, it got very dirty. On the, and on the local scene, it was very much, hey, like I want to do it. I want to do the job. I think I do a good job for you. I want to interrupt you on one point on that, though. Um, Kimberly, Kimberly Davis, obviously, treasurer of Clinton County, mm-hmm. right? Um, she had this platform that she put out, right? But I don't feel like she ever... I don't think that there was any event that I saw her at besides maybe a couple big dinners or something like that where she's going out saying, here's where I'm running. Here's what I'm doing. I saw a lot more with Steck. Now, granted, he's already in, so he's getting more. Well, Steck's going from assemblyman to the Senate, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. But the the same with, so, so he was running, he was the assemblyman in my district. Because I live in Essex County, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the person that ran for his seat, never even heard of him. On a post? I believe so. Yeah. Who is it? You- it was a Republican. No, he might have been challenged by somebody. But I never even heard of either of them. Yeah. Didn't see a sign? Didn't hear? I didn't even know they were, I didn't even know they were running that election. Because I just thought Dan, by running, would have to be voted out to vacate his have seat. Have you ever met Dan? Yes, once. Super nice guy. Tall drink of water. Yes. Big man. Super nice um, guy, though. He, when I won at the chamber dinner, he introduced himself to me and, and met me. And again, big guy. He's probably he introduced f- himself to you. Why he won the award? I was kind of like I. It was probably the only time of the night. You're a that, legend, dude. Well, I. That's the second time you've told me today. You're well. You've shown me here. One of one of each. You've shown well, me you're a legend, and you told me you're a legend today. Well, that's that's it. I'm just I'm high in the high in the clouds right now. But no, Dan came up and and. Full disclosure, I didn't know who Dan was at the time. I'm not a big political guy. I think I had heard the name, but I didn't, I didn't, didn't know what he looked like. And a uh, super nice guy, though. Came up, said some nice things. He was with his wife. They were leaving from the dinner. Um, I've only um, I've only dealt with him um, mainly through the fire department. 
Yeah. So if we've had any disasters or stuff like that, um, he's come up and I've met him a few I, times. I would super super nice guy. I, very, very, he doesn't he doesn't come off as the I say typical politician. He'll I, sit there and have a conversation with you and not give it the. I would like to get idea. him on the show. I, like I said, I would like to get because like I've had Billy on the show, uh, Mike. Obviously, I've had. Well, Chris now is the the uh, mayor elect. Is that what they call it? Mayor elect. Um, so he's been on the show. So I kind of like getting different people. Like I said, at some point in time, I'll try to reach out again to Elise. And you know, I would have done the same for Tedra. You know, if she wanted. I, I just, think you should. I think you should honestly reach out to Betty Little too. Yeah, well, now Betty's out. And actually, um, Janet Dupre, I think, would be a good one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you and I talked about that before. Yeah, I and I actually be... ran into her. It was funny. So, Election Day. Election Day, to me, is kind of like, we talked about this. It's kind of like a holiday. I'm not a political guy, but I really love uh, And I told you, Day. that's my holiday. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, and uh, I just, because I like the process. I like everybody being kind of coming together and doing, like, a very American thing of voting. And so... Self. So... Be proud, and uh, so I, I walk into uh, all of Ridley's for lunch, and I was meeting a friend of mine, and we. Where walk, was I? Walk in, huh? Where was I? You you told me you were staying at home and sitting in front of the TV. So I was I was in the nerve center, is what <laughs> yeah, I. What there I, you go. So I walk in. It was funny because I like walked in. And Scott BB was standing, no more than me to the door away, because he was going for lunch, and he was with Janet. I didn't. I didn't. She had a mask on, so I didn't you know, put two and two together. And then as I'm sitting there, like WPTZ comes in, does his interview. And then I look out the window and Chris Rosenquist goes whooping in and he does his interview. And it's like, I'm like, I'm like right in the hub of like, this is kind of cool. Cause you see people going to vote and you saw like everybody out and about. And I kind of punted the day a bit. We may or may not have had some sangria and just kind of hung out and had, you know, had lunch. And, um, it was, yeah, you, it was need, you need a day like that though. Well, it was just one of those days. I'm like, it's kind of not much is going on. I had a light day. I did a bunch of work in the morning and I had a few things to do afterwards, but nothing crazy. It was you mostly workout just, in? I, dude, I haven't worked out in four months. I kind of, I kind of jacked my back up a little bit back in August or so. Then I started to play a lot of golf, which again it did not affect my back. It was a different part of my my, my spine. And uh, I haven't worked out. I got to get back on the on the wagon. Chris is going to disown you, dude. He he already disowned me. So if you want to join my group, well, I'm not very fit right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got to get back on the wagon. So so this is what happened. Over, over COVID, I'm like, dude, the gym was shut down. I had We had a gym set up at our house. I'm like, I got to do something to give me some kind of structure in my day. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing like a like a powerlifting split kind of thing just to put a little, you know, get, get my strength up a bit. I'm like, why not? Is it, I'm just kind of hanging out at home, go, go do it. It was only three days a week and try to gain weight. I'm not a big dude. I, I was down... To, Lighter than I should be in January. From January, I was at 160. I got up to 210. Heaviest I've ever been in my life. 210. And I was, I was like, I was thick. I was thick and I was strong. And then I was like, this is great. I'll do whatever. Kind of an unrelated, like, kind of injury. I kind of hurt my back a bit. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a month or two off. And then I started to play golf. And then I just haven't gotten back into working out. Now that golf season's ending, I, you know, I'll start doing it probably within the next week or two. But it's ending, really? So yesterday I played. First time. Beautiful. It was, well, a couple days ago, one of the guys, the guys I played with yesterday was like, hey man, we got to, can you play next week? I'm like, ah. wasn't the most ideal time. Um, I'm definitely a morning guy because I want to get out, get done golf before like my phone start ringing and things get chaotic. So yesterday I was not able to avoid that. Um, but beautiful day. Speaking of that, I got to interject there real quick. I'm very proud 
You answered your phone last time I called you. Did I? Yeah. That it, never happens. Well. Usually you and I play phone tag. S- yes. And you said I got to get better at it. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like you got better at it. At least that day. So so this is this is my thing. If this is the this is the spectrum of when I answer my phone. I answer my phone. There's a group of friends that I will answer my phone. If they call me, I pick up the phone. And because Ralph's in that group though. Oh, Ralph's in the 100%. Yeah. Now Ralphie might tell you right now cuz we're doing a little business that I may not always pick up his phone. But the thing is my phone Typically in the AM hours, it, I put on do not disturb because I'm working. So like if I'm working, it's, it's a distraction if calls come in. So there's times I look, I don't even know you call and I'll look down. I got a missed call. So usually if I see a missed call from you, I will call you back. Um, if I'm not in an appointment or something like that. Yeah. So usually if it's a miss, if it goes directly to voicemail, it's because I'm on do not disturb because I'm just trying to get work done. Like my thing is my morning time is where I call it proactive work. I try to get all my, my proactive work done meaning stuff, stuff you need to get I got to get done yes. exactly my afternoons are reactive meaning my t- my texts my emails my my uh, social media messages my um anything you, you voicemails anything you podcasts. can think of uh, most of my podcasts are in the afternoon yep and but it's it's I'm this reacting This is the first afternoon one you and I've done Well they we're mostly evenings the last ones were so evenings So part of it was Part was the kids, uh, most of it was the kids, but COVID, it was like, I really got used to just hanging out with the kids and now having two. Um, third one on the way. Third on the way. It's a little chaotic. Um, I don't like to, one, I want to see the kids, mm-hmm. but two, two things have happened. I have um, an assistant now, which takes a lot of off my plate during the day today, so I can do a lot of other stuff, where before I had to do that work, because otherwise I'd bring it home. So then when I get to the if I w- were to do a podcast, I would always do it after hours because I'd be working all the way up. And I'm like, I, I don't. So I don't remember when the last time I saw you was. It's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Been a while. Yeah. So I have literally been. You know, I always take this time of year off. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in here, I always take this. You know, whether it's November, December, whatever. I found myself I like more December because the days are so short mm-hmm. and they get colder, and I just don't like to get up and get yep. at them. At least after. December 22nd, the days get longer, right? So this year I'm off. I told you I've been working nonstop. Um, I am two weeks from yesterday. I go on vacation. So November 24th, I'll get done at 3 p.m. From the jail. When I say vacation, I say from the jail. I don't say from dispatch. Yeah. Um, But I'll be off from November 24th until January 9th. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. So... It's gonna be a well. Do you get Christmas off this year? Or are you dispatching? Yeah. No, nope. you do. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know with dispatch what I'm gonna do with my schedule there. I try to always help some people out. Yeah. Because I don't have Sadie in the morning. Yeah. Um, that might change this year because of you know my girlfriend and her daughter and stuff like that. But I don't know. We'll leave that option open. Um, so I've been like busy nonstop. Yeah. And then somebody asked me the other day, like, "What are you gonna do with your time off? Like, what are you gonna do?" And I'm like, "You know what?" I have got so much that I need to do. So I was off yesterday. Um, really haven't had a day off and can't tell you how long. I was off yesterday. And my mother says, uh, well, do you think we could move that couch out of your grandmother's house? Actually, the house that you're selling. Yep. yep. 
And I'm like, well, yeah, mom, you know, she goes, well, do you have anything going on today? I said, nothing. I just wanted to get some stuff that I needed to get done today. But you know what? Hey, if we need to get this done, we'll do it. You know what I mean? So we did it. Her and I for a couple hours was good. Good time. Mm -hmm. Don't get to see her all that often. So it was a good time. Um, So we got the couch moved and all that stuff. And she goes, well, is there anything I can help you with? I go, well, yeah. If you want to come down to the house, you know, I'd like to get a couple things done today. I can't do it today. I'm like, okay. So that that was yesterday. So uh, I'm, I'm basically just looking forward to the time off and being able to get stuff that I've, you know me, I have tons of projects lined up. Mm-hmm. The firehouse, I have tons of projects lined up that I've basically been neglecting and I want to get them done. And I know people say, well, you're working on your vacation. That's okay to me. Yeah. I'm busy enough. That's okay. I just want to have my time. If I don't want to do it that day, I don't do it. Yeah. You know? But so. it's also stuff you kind of want to do. Like I, I'm... I'm one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very project oriented. I, I, you know, when I set myself to a project, I, I like to see it to completion and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm not, I've never been one of those people that likes to take on more. Well, I, no, I shouldn't say that. I always take on more than I can handle. Yeah. Um, but I'm never going to take on something that I don't want to do. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to spend this vacation just doing what I want to do. And obviously, what I want to do is spend more time with my girlfriend, my daughter, mm-hmm. um, my parents, and see them and hang out and i mean you know people are like you know i don't understand how you work the schedule i work or you work and i'm like just do it you know what i mean it's just yeah uh, well i think i'd I'd, I'd be the great the great uh person for uh nike's model right just do it just do it because just just keep going man just you know well yeah and i think the the uh the idea of like i think to where we are i can't sit still so i like projects um and i've said before like my Probably my f- one of my favorite times of the week is Sunday morning because I get here early, typically mm-hmm. just after 6 o'clock, and work to about 10, 11, but nobody's here. And I get I get more done in those four to you five hours. You get more done when you're by yourself and it's quiet. Oh, yeah. I find that, especially at the firehouse, when I'm there, I get more done when I'm alone and I just have myself to focus on and what I can do. Um, the same at home, I can get more done at home when my phone's not at my hip and people are calling me and, you know, Ralph saying, Hey, can you come do this? Can you come? You know, if I just put that thing down and mm-hmm. just do what I'm doing, I'll look and I'll be like, man, you got a lot accomplished. I mean, I always get a lot accomplished every day, but it's just like, yeah, what well, you get accomplished for yourself. Is but there, a, there's times I'll sit here and even knowing there's people in the office that, like, I don't know if it's in the back of my head. I'm just one knock on the door from breaking my concentration or breaking my my in the zone kind of thing. Generally, it's for something that wasn't that important at that moment in time where you're... 90 per, 95% of the time. Where yeah. you're, you know, but and, it needed to be done or answered or whatever. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? but, and that's part of it. We're like Sunday mornings that come here. Nobody's here. Yeah. Nobody's calling me. Nobody's that's good that you me. have that though. Well, it's just, I put it in my schedule, but I do it before my kids get up. So I have, by the time my kids get up, I have a couple hours in. My daughter sleeps in. Wait, I'm actually not complaining, but I can almost get home by the time she's waking up. And, um, yeah, she's in, she's a 10 a.m. sleeper. Like you got to get her out at 10 a.m. Got her from Dina. Most of I, I can, I can sleep in if you let me, but I don't let myself a lot. Well, so, you know, I, I work midnights for yeah the last four or five years. Right. So I'm just transitioning to working days, afternoons now. And it's been a struggle because <laughs> I'm not a morning. Per- I've never been a morning person. Yeah. But now I'm like, I, I was off yesterday, right? And I'm like, 
oh man, I slept in until like quarter after eight. It was like great, you know what I mean? And I went to bed at like one thirty in the morning. But to me, like that, I don't require a lot of sleep anyway, but like 8.15. But I do find myself more productive during the day. Like I get yeah. a lot more stuff done where... If, if you where, wake up in the morning? Where when, well, when I was midnight, you know, you yeah. wake up one, two o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, yeah. then your day, sh- you only have so much time with people that are awake, that are doing things. And then yeah. I find myself, which I had my quiet time and I could, but generally that was devoted to television or politics or something like that. You know what I mean? Where I didn't want to do a project where I needed to get done. So I'm finding myself more now that I'm working days, more a little bit regulated. It's hard working midnights, dude. I mean, I worked midnights last night, but it's, it's hard to work midnights and people that don't do it. They don't, yeah. And you know. I couldn't imagine like I had, a kid I played golf with yesterday. I had to get up. He's like, I had to be there for three thirty in the morning for packaging and stuff for uh, UPS, like to get up and stock everything before the trucks go out. And I've luckily, I've never had to work a, a night shift kind of job. I've always been normal, normal hours. And I think I'd have problems with that because I'm definitely in a perfect world for me. I would go to bed probably about 10, 10 30 and I'd wake up probably about five and that'd be good. I get about seven hours. I sleep, I sleep fine. Wake up knowing that from five to nine is pretty quiet in my world. It, it, I would say stuff starts to come in around eight, but it's only an hour. I can kind of punt it and then get to it. Uh, my biggest issue is if for some reason, like if I sleep into eight, or something, and by the time you get going, it's like already nine. Yeah. It usually doesn't happen too often, but when that stuff does happen, then I feel like I'm behind the day. I'm playing catch up. You know, one thing that I find though that I'm fortunate enough to be able to do is that when long, long hours or something happens, I don't find that I'm neglected on sleep. Like I can make it through. Mm-hmm. Where somebody like Chris, I'm not knocking him, but he can't. He can't deal with that. Oh, yeah. Like his naps. On the on the flip side, he's very regimented. He's up at four thirty every morning. Mm-hmm. He's at the gym by five fifteen. He's does his classes. He goes to work all day long. Yeah, he gets his nap in. But if you told him he had to stay up till five o'clock the next day, he couldn't do that. Yeah, you know it's... where I where I don't that doesn't bother me. For me to work twenty four hours, it does that does not bother me. It, I, I... Do I get tired? Yes. The human body can only take so much. So yes, I do get tired, but I always find it's a couple, if I go a couple days, I used to be like, if I went below seven hours, I was like a zombie. Now that is like below six hours for me. I can sleep six, six and a half hours, seven, and I'm totally functional. I try to sleep seven. I'm about four and a half. Yeah. See that, that would, uh, that would be hard for me. But it's what you're used to too though. Yeah. Like that's way less than what I'd be. So, so to me sleeping six, seven, eight hours. That puts me in zombie mode. Like I that's can't. Too much sleep. That's too much sleep for really? me. Uh, I can't wake up. I can't. You know. Feel groggy. I, yes, all day long. I'll be. I'll be dragging all day long. So my thing is six, six and a half to seven hours is like ideal for me. If I do six, I'm fine. If I start to go a couple days in a row under six hours, and there was a few times last year which was like podcast because I get home. Then I was like doing some stuff and then I had to do more stuff at night and I was going to bed at 11, 1130. Well, I felt bad last night. I texted you so late and I'm like. Actually, it was funny as you text me like two minutes before I was about to go to bed. Like I was literally like I was about to shut my phone down and I saw it come through. And then I I wasn't, I actually saw it and I was like, I won't respond. But I'm like, he's probably working or something. He may not get this till tomorrow. You know, so I'm like, I'll just text him really quick. 
uh, just so you weren't picking it up 10 hours later, like two hours before this. Well, I could remember we changed it and I'm like, I don't want to not show up because if he's waiting for me or he's got a, you know, yeah. bust ass to get back, I don't want him to not, you know, so I want to make sure that, cause Which for I was, whatever, I was, I was busting ass to get back to Well, me. for whatever reason I deleted the, you know what I mean? It's something yeah, I'll remember it, which I, to be honest with you, as hard as I work and the shifts that I work, everything is in my brain. I don't remember. I don't, I look at a schedule every now and then, but I don't, if you, know. if you were to, t- if you were to tell me last night, Hey, when's our podcast last night? I would have been like, honestly, let me check. I don't know. Cause I, my memory is terrible. I, I rely so much on my calendar that if you tell me something, if you tell me something, it's either going in my phone as a reminder or I email it to myself as a reminder. And this could be anything. Well, it's it, funny because on my way down here today, the reminder popped up. But it wasn't saved anywhere, so I don't know where the hell it popped up from. Um, did I? Did but I, I said six thirty to seven thirty, so I was like, "Well, I'm not not worried about that because I talked to him last night, and you said twelve thirty, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine.' Okay, but six thirty uh, to seven thirty p.m. or a.m. No, it said p.m. on the really? on the email. I don't think we were that late though, because what I've been trying to do last night was late because. Last night we were supposed well, to... Well, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't want to blow you off or anything oh, no, like you're... that. You know what I mean? But uh, I've been trying to go earlier in the day because, again, if I go too late, last night was the... F- last night was, the, I think, the second podcast of the year that I got home, what I call late. Um, What's that, 6.30 or so? No, last, last night I got home after 8. Oh. Um, so I ended up... We were supposed to start at 5, eh, a little bit after 5, and then... He, but the guest didn't come till probably closer to 535 so we didn't start to probably 545 went about two hours 745 we talked in here for about 25 minutes i left i got home probably about 830 that was a little late i had the 100th episode we did because i had three people on we had to coordinate kind of after hour kind of thing most of them though have been during the day most people have been pretty pretty good my late ones i'd consider are probably like four to six so i told you speaking of the episodes I told you so. It was great because I we were talking about politics earlier, right? So I had to go to Albany about a month ago. And um, they were doing the COVID tests at the jail for all the inmates. So they were paying guys overtime, officers overtime, because it's a security issue of driving the test to Albany, dropping them off to this testing site. So I'm like, well, eight hours, I'll take that. I'm like, you know, sign me up. So they give me a car and all that stuff, pop the test in the back of the trunk. I had to drive to Altona, pick theirs up, drive to Albany. So it was great because I put Chris Rosenquist on on the way down and listened to Scott Beebe on the way back. And it was like perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the whole trip, you know, and it didn't even seem like, you know, what, you just drove 400 miles and you just didn't even feel like you drove because I was just listening yeah. and stuff like that. It just made the day go by. So... I'm enjoying podcasts more. I, I think obviously because I've been on here now three times, I'm enjoying them more now that I listen to them. And now I'm listening to even more. I'm, I'm branching out into who I'm listening to. And I don't listen to traditional ones either. I listen to, you know, wrestling ones or um, yeah. um, try to stay away from the politics because I, you see it so much in the media. You don't really want to, uh, obviously yours is different because it's local. Mm-hmm. Um, but really enjoyed myself just you know what well, i think um like i, I, I remember just, you telling me when you went out to wisconsin that that's all you listen to is podcasts yeah i listen to a lot of podcasts i mean i i listen to podcasts while i work i listen to podcasts while i drive today i had a podcast on 
Um, most of the time, but when you drive it, it just makes the drive shorter, right? Because you're just kind of oh, yeah. waiting for the, what the person is going to say next. So my favorite ones, because I've listened to books. I don't mind books, but books are books. Mm-hmm. Where podcasts are conversations a lot of the time. So very rarely am I listening to a podcast with one person talking. Most of the podcasts I listen to have guests. So I'm a big Joe Rogan guy, and yeah, I, I remember you telling me that. Before. Joe, Joe Rogan's the guy that I base this podcast style off of. More of just long form, free flowing people you want to talk to. Yep. I like that better than having co-hosts that just banter. Um, I it, which I don't mind some of those. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm not. But then they bring guests on, which is fine. And I guess me and Ellie Realty Talk is kind of like that. But if you could do one, I. But but it's one that I do like though would be like uh, Rich Eisen and um, Frank Caliendo. Because Frank does his voices and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so but gives isn't you that some, still the Rich Eisen show? It is. It is. But if you do, um, and Rich Eisen's great, but that was like back in the day, uh, Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Marcillo. Mm-hmm. He solicited a lot of them in college. And the idea between, I mean, they could go back and forth and it was good because I used to listen to Colin Cowherd who would talk for three hours about sports all by himself. He would just get up and he would have stuff and he would just ramble and rant and stuff on. And then those guys would come on and it'd be two of them. And I always enjoyed the banter back and forth because they played off of each other. And I like having guests on on this show. Like this, but this is never a solo show. You, you enjoy the conversation, right? Yes. The con- so if if you enjoy conversation and speaking to each other, then you will enjoy what you're listening to. So even if you don't agree with what you're listening to, but you enjoy the conversation, I, I like conversation. I like mm-hmm. people talking to each other. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of the fly in the wall aspect. Like just I want to just listen in and and usually, what's that? Usually. The uh, like, I mean, the fly, the fly in the wall conversation is the idea that you can just kind of like listen in. That's why when like Rogan has people on, it's long form. I love doing that. Like, I just love having this long, you know, pick someone's idea or brain, let them kind of uh, like. I listened to the Kanye West one the other day. I don't know anything about Kanye West except um, he was going to run for president. The uh, well, he did run for president. <laughs> he was on the ballot. Actually, I think they said in Louisiana. I didn't see him on the ballot in New York. You had to write him in. Oh, really? Louisiana, though, I think they said he got over 1,000 votes in Louisiana. And um, he's he's not from there. I don't know where he's from. Part of me wants to say Texas, but I don't think he is. I could be wrong. Probably I, I, just L.A. Probably. I, yeah, I'm not really sure where he grew up. But like, if you take... So I listen to Kanye West with Joe Rogan. When you listen to him talk, there's some things I pulled from it that were good. There were some that I felt that he was all over the place, but I also know a little bit of myself and some other people that I've talked to that he's Kanye West. Well, he's, 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 he's a different fellow. And, but when you, like, I know I have a couple of good friends and I, I kind of get in this mode sometimes where my, I'm thinking so quickly that sometimes my thoughts get all over the place. And Aaron Benner's one of my best friends. He's the same way. Like anybody knows Aaron knows he's going about 30 different directions, but he's going to kind of come back to center at some point. And I find that as Kanye West, like he's, he's thinking and he's thought stuff out, but he is kind of scatterbrained all over the place. And I've listened to other people like, uh, when Elon Musk was on again, you get to listen. Like I love Elon Musk, but if you listen to him, same thing, like his, he's just smart, but like his brain is going all these different directions and he's trying to make it digestible for someone that's listening. And it's hard for them because they're just, their minds are so much up here. I think to a lot of people that are kind of like, it's hard for them to put it in layman's terms or hard for them to, they can't communicate, but also hard for them to filter through their thoughts. Like, 
And I have this problem too. If I try to tell someone a thought about stuff, I'm constantly like thinking of other things and I'm like, like, like later today we have a, a training for some of the agents. Like I know a lot and I want to say a lot, but I have to, I can only go over so much stuff that I try not to go on tangents because things pop up and it's just, my mind's just going because I'm just thinking quicker. But then I got to realize that some of these agents have been doing this for less than a year and they're, I got to like, they're down here and I got to make sure I just, I strip it down to the basics where my mind might be thinking layers and layers deep. And I'm like, that's not really the 80, 20 rule. That's not really the, the 20% that's going to make the 80% difference up. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just stuff that, I don't know. It's just, it's just the mind thing. So I like listen to that, but allowing that long-term long form communication with those guys, with the Elons and the Kanye's and, and these other like professors that I don't know and just allowing them to talk and really letting them get full thoughts out and not have it being cut, not having it being edited. I think that's one of the good things. Like when you said about uh, Chris and Scott, they both could come on. In my understanding, I know they did some little, like they did some call-in shows and Zoom webinars and stuff. Um, I think it's the only time though that they were on a platform where they talked to somebody and it wasn't a debate and it wasn't an interview with people asking questions. Well, I think that's a great thing about your show. It's not an interview, right? It's conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just we're, come on and talk and and I you're think you're not interviewing. We're conversating. We're we're talking. We're discussing. Well, and I think and that's that's it. Like there's times I ask people questions, but I would still ask I ask questions in conversation date all the time. That's how the conversations start. And and it could be or it could be just starting about something, but that's why it is more of a interview conversation is the it's a conversation first interview questions they're just questions like i would ask you questions on anything you know and which we broke the rule today politics yeah but i don't think but i don't think politics we weren't debating politics i was just thinking like no I, we I wanted, weren't debating at all i wanted no, i wanted to see yeah, yeah it was a discussion yeah. like what's the state of what's your feelings on the state of of politics right now not not who's best who should be voted in but you know, and, and I think both of us are kind of on the same page of like, hey, listen, whether you support a candidate or not, I think our political system right now is very divided. And it, it saddens me because I don't think that we, this country wasn't built on this side or that side. Yeah. And I think the fact that that's starting to rear its head makes me nervous going forward because I'm like, and I think, I think. Well, you have young kids too. Well, that's it. As, as I, yeah, I mean, my daughter's going to be 13. So, I mean. She's going to have to grow up, and, and your kids are going to have to grow up into this stuff. You know what I mean? And, it, it, and that's the and thing it that kind of worries. It makes you think about, like, you know what? People starting out, do they want to have kids in this environment? I that, mean, that it, was something that I actually thought of at, briefly at one point. This is before kids. Like, do I even want to have kids? But then I thought about, you know what? Of all the bad that's in the – like, I always think with, like, have, not wanting to have kids because of something, like, going on. I'm like, that's fine, but – our parents probably could have said the same thing, you know, and it always, because you always got to put it in your, the space that you know. So for me, I'm like in my life, my life is 99.9%. I believe good. And anything that's really negative or like rubs me the wrong way is such a small thing. And it really is only big if you dwell on it that I find there's very little negative that, that really affects me day to day, unless I let it affect me. And I find like, that's unfair to, say you don't want to let someone else have a fantastic life or experiences or anything fun in their life because you're worried about a very small percentage of negativity. So I was always like that crossed my head head for a brief second. I'm like, nah, that's not like, like life is so much more good than bad, but, um, couldn't have said it better. Last, uh, last thing we can talk about because, um, we are, what is it? 
two. Yeah, I think you're an hour. It's two ten right now, right? Yeah. Okay, I got a two thirty. So, last thing I want to talk about, we've talked about it before. Um, we're going to go into a, a good transition into the uh, the emergency nine one one dispatch. What do you want to know? I want to know. G- give me the give me the hot take on on this. What, like, where's it at right now? Where's it in the twenty twenty climate? Um, has it evolved? Is it different? Like, where? Because we've talked about oh, it before. It, but it's evolved. It's evolved. Like, how's it a little bit different? One, well, I mean, I haven't I, heard you talk before. Give us a quick recap on what you do and what is emergency dispatch, and then so twenty twenty emergency dispatch. So you dispatch. were so you, so you, know, you were way too young, obviously. Um, if we're going back to the Jordan years, right? Um, they yeah, used to have the show Rescue Nine One One, right? And they would call you. You call Nine One One, and you know you get an operator, and they would send help to wherever you went. Um, so I am a 911 dispatcher. I do it part-time for Clinton County. Um, people call 911 for whatever their emergency is, be it domestic, their house is on fire. Um, their mother's having a heart attack. They call us and we dispatch the appropriate help. It's evolved as in, it never used to be not, it always was 911, but now it's E911. So basically the E stands for, it's like a designation of areas that it's enhanced, um, we're able to, uh, you know, ping cell phones, Annie alleys, which, you know, doesn't mean a lot to the, to the normal folk, but, um, it gives us general directions as to where we're sending help and, um, who we're sending help to. Um, the 911 system is very complex, really, when you think about it, um, especially with technology, mm-hmm. because now you have VoIP and that's voice over internet. Okay. So like uh, Vonage, I'll, I'll say Vonage, that's usually, you can do it through Spectrum or whoever, but Vonage is basically what people recognize it as. Um, so we had a call actually in Clinton County years ago when Vonage was first coming up and um, basically the people took their phone and they brought it with them to wherever they were going. Well, they went to Nevada in Las Vegas and they hooked their phone up. That's where they're staying for six months or you know, they're wintering out there or whatever, and they call 911. The problem with that is, is it rings to our 911 center. Oh, not Vegas. Not to Vegas. So we had to, in turn, shuffle the cards and figure out how to get a hold of somebody. We got a hold of who we needed to. The guy was actually having a heart attack. Wow. And uh, they got the help they needed, and, you know, so... um. Nine one one's a it's a interesting dynamic. You know we're we're there to help people. We're there to uh, you know with whatever. Um, I I will tell this because I tell this in people that I teach classes to. Um, I go to fire departments, EMS squads throughout the county. Um, I've gone to schools, taught classes on this stuff. Don't call nine one one to find out information. Call nine one one for your emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a snowstorm a few years ago. Probably remember it. You know, big three-foot snowstorm. The county shut down, right? Somebody called 911 to ask if the ferries were still running. Like, there's a travel ban on right now. Like, stay in your house. You know what I mean? I've heard them call to see if the movie theater's open. You know? Um, one of my biggest gripes is when they call, well, it's not really an emergency. And I want to be like, then why are you calling me mm-hmm. if it's not really an emergency? You know? That being said, not everybody knows. You get the elderly grandma that thinks, you know. So you have to have compassion in your heart. You have to um, understand that this is these people's worst day, you know. 
and why you think, oh, same time they're calling, you know. Um, it's a different dynamic. Uh, it's something I always wanted to do. I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity to do it. Um, I enjoy doing it. I love doing it. Um, I, I, you know, you and I have talked and, you know, I've been at Chris's or you've been at the house or something like that. What are you doing? I got to go to work. Well, you're working at the jail. No, I'm not working at the jail. I'm working at nine one tonight. And it's kind of people are like, well, why do you do that? Why do you do that? For me, it's self-gratification. I like it. I like to help people. That's what I, I am good at. You know, I always tell people I don't pound nails. I don't turn wrenches. I have the highest respect for people that do that stuff, but I don't do that. That's not me. But if you need your chest pumped, if you need your house put out, if you need um, logistics or something like that, I'm very good at that stuff. That's what it, that's where I excel, and I enjoy it. Um, I just, I guess, I just enjoy helping people. I, I can't really how how has it how has it changed though now this year with like uh, so COVID so COVID has um, it it's really it's introduced some new questioning. For our, um, we call them uh, standard introduction questions or mm-hmm. case entry questions. Um, so we've had to ask certain things. Uh, if you call up and you have chest pain or something like that, basically a standard question now is, has anybody been exposed to COVID? Because mm-hmm. obviously those guys are responding. They're there to, they're to help you out. But, you know, if you had it or you didn't know you had it, those, those people don't want to take that home to their family. Mm-hmm. And it's trickle-down effect, right? So if, if those responders get it and then they're out of the game, then it's more on the workforce that is able to respond that can't respond. So it's a, it's a we, we do our best, you know. Um, we're not perfect, but we try to mitigate the circumstances for the responders, for the um, people that are in the field. Um, COVID, I, I think really is just a different, it's a, it's an animal, it's a different animal. And it's really presented a lot of challenges to a lot of people, whether it's business owners or emergency personnel or police officers or uh, correction officers or whoever it's just presented. It's really changed the way we're doing things. And I think we have to be cognizant of that. But I think also that we have to remember that we're all human beings and people make mistakes and nobody's going to send, especially us, because, you know, we're we're just call takers. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're call takers. We're not there. You know, you could say, well, my house is on fire, right? As a fire chief, a past fire chief, I would say, pull up and expect to see flames blowing out the window. And I might pull up and you might just have a little puff of smoke out your eve. Mm-hmm. That might be caused from a chimney fire or something like that. So you have to put yourself in that person and that callers, you know, you have to be empathetic. And sometimes you get frustrated because you hear from the same callers all the time that don't have emergencies. And I shouldn't term it like this, but I will, you'll, you'll deal with the crazies Mm -hmm. that call and just abuse you just because they think they can. Or you still have to treat that as a, as an emergency. Yeah. If if your phone was in your pocket right now and you dialed nine one one and you didn't know you dialed 911, right? And then you pick up your phone and you said, what's this 565 number? Like, uh, You would probably answer it because you answer numbers you don't know all the time. But um, you'd pick up, you know, hello? Hi, this is 911. You know, I, we just received a call from your phone. Is everything okay? We're just checking to make sure that you're not plugged in that corner right there, 
hiding from an intruder and that you're free to talk to us and stuff like yeah. that. So if, if somebody doesn't pick up though and you call them and don't pick up, would you send someone? Well, so we have a series of steps we have to go to. Cell phones make it very challenging. Cell phones mm-hmm. make it very, very challenging because you don't know exactly where they're at. You know, we have a what we call pinging people, which w- will give us a general location, but it's not exact. Yeah. And I've had people was in the next house, but it was so close it looked like it was in another house. Um, so if you have your cell phone and it's registered with your company, um, we can generally get information and send people there to help. If not, sometimes it's just a dead file and you have to kind of take it and pray to God that yeah. it's nothing happening. And I tell people all the time too, if you have a deactivated cell phone, meaning your phone now, this phone right here, you, uh, don't carry your service anymore. Don't give it to your kids to play with because it can still call 911. Might not have any carrier plan. Oh yeah. Might not have any carrier plan, right? But any that's was the whole basis behind domestic violence victims, right? Remember the old remember back in the day we turn your old phones in, we you know, we'll give them to whoever mm-hmm. so they can call 911. That's the reason. Hmm. So, but you can't call those calls back because it comes up with a 911 area code. Gotcha. So as soon as you dial 911, right? That's the area C- comes code. back to you. Comes back to you. Gotcha. So it's a dynamic. It's uh, you know, it's fun. It's challenging at times. Um, myself, I'm a fire junkie, so I always enjoy the fire calls more than the EMS calls. Um, however, you get an EMS call that you're intrigued with, you might listen to. Um, you pray for the best. Hopefully, uh, it's funny. I had a, a coworker from the jail that was injured in a fall the other day that I was working on. Didn't know it was him. Listened to the report. Like they, you know, we didn't get much information, but when they called in, I'm like, Hmm, that's not good. And I got to work and then found out. I'm like, eh. So when, when someone goes through and they hear like a scanner or whatever, it might not, do you listen to that or is it automatically coming to you? No, it's coming to us. Whatever you yeah. hear on the scanner is through us. Gotcha. You know, but people don't understand too, especially like I have my pager on. I don't have my pager on me today, but, um, you know, you might not hear a lot in the fireland. You know, I, I say fireland, fire EMS world. You might not hear a lot, but we'll still be busy because mm-hmm. we answer for the health department. We answer for the state highway. We answer for the county sheriff's office. We answer for CPS. We answer for a, a ton of different agencies. And so not, not just 911 goes to you. Other numbers no, 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 oh, okay. no, so, no. So we have a ton of different classification for calls that we that we handle and that we, you know, take in and process for people. And, uh, you know, hmm. but it, it's fun. I, I enjoy it immensely. Um, it always feels good to help people. I really think that was my calling in life. So I, I enjoy doing it. I, you know, people say, well, I, I don't really look at it as work, you know, it's just fun for me to go there. I get to talk for eight hours to my friends. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Hey, I, I think it's great. I mean, anything like that, of course, it's beyond my, like, I've never done it. So a little, a little more, there's, it's more complex than what you think. Obviously it's a, it's it's a whole logistical, you know, system, but, um, I think those are the people that you don't even know that are part of this. I always say, I always say that I I always say 911 dispatchers are the first, first responders. Mm -hmm. You always hear about the first responders. The dispatchers are the first, first responders. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for them, these people wouldn't. And I'm not trying to tell my own horn because I, you know, really don't care. I, but yeah, but these I enjoy. I enjoy 
being behind the mic where mm-hmm. nobody sees me. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows what I do. You get a good voice I, for I, it too. I, you know, it's funny because I had a, uh, a friend of mine who's his wife works at the hospital and says, she tells me all the time when you get on, when you're on the page of the girls, they just love your voice and everything like that. I'm like, don't tell them who I am. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I just want to be, you know, I just like being not known. I like being not known, not seen and everything like that. But, so uh, that's good. All right. Well, we're going to end there. Um, Veterans Day. I guess I guess we left room for a fourth episode. Yeah, why not? Always. Hey, everybody always like, are you going to keep doing this to go on? I'm like, yeah. I have no, I have no, like, no end in sight. I'm just going to keep doing this so I get bored of it. So I'm not, as right now, not, not happening. So um, that is episode uh, 102, uh, Veterans Day. I don't, I'm going to try to have this out today. Um, but if this is out tomorrow, I hope you thanked a veteran yesterday or today. So uh, that's it. Episode 102 with Mike Cross. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.